welcome to episode 630 of the PS Nation podcast. 630 episodes. It's kind of nuts. We've been around for almost over 100 now. No, no. We started at 560. 560? Yeah, 560, 555. Something like that. Yeah, 560 would be Glenn's last episode. So technically 561 is uh, when me, you, and Josh... uh, Start. Right, well, maybe I can't add then. So it just feels like it's been a lot more than that. So. It's been a year, and there's 52 weeks in a year. So yeah, shut up. But it's if been you a year and a half, e, if you include E3 uh, podcasts, <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, we are back to a relatively normal schedule. Uh, seems like it's been a while. It's like I think I looked on the last one. It was like June 7th, and it's like June 24th today. So almost like three weeks between normal podcasts. Um, yeah, it's weird. Last time we recorded, we were in person. Yeah, and. Now we're not. So, um, thank you guys so much for all the support and the feedback and everything that came from E3, um, especially like from the interview episodes. We had a lot of positive feedback on that. So, it's the second year in a row we've done that. Um, part twofold, like we always talked about, it makes our lives a little easier um, when we're at E3 because we can schedule and do a bunch of interviews and just know that hey, we're just going to put that out next week. And then when we come back from E3, um, there's not really a whole lot for us to talk about with you guys because you we've been talking to you for the last four or five episodes. And therefore, it just kind of works as a little bit of a stopgap. So we still release a weekly episode. You guys still get a little bit of stuff from the the interviews and, you know, things like that. So let us know still how you liked it if you, or how you didn't like it and maybe how you like to see, see things done differently. But other than that, I think giving you guys almost over an hour of interviews was pretty cool. So I know a couple of people actually said they kind of had to go back and listen to it like, you know, twice sometimes certain interviews for games that they wanted just to to help digest it all. Because it, you know, can be I think we had like, what, 11 interviews or something. Yeah, it was 11 interviews. Some of them went, you know, pretty in depth and some of them, uh, I think particular we got a comment about one of the interviews I did where it was just a little loud in the background, but they <laughs> actually liked that it was loud in the background because yeah. now they want to know what was loud in the background about. <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh, everyone seemed like they're really having a good time with the game. It's like, yes, everyone was having a good time with the game. Uh, but it, it got me to flex some editing muscles on my interviews of just like, OK, let me uh, eliminate as much of the background as possible. And I think only one interview came out a little hollow because I went maybe a little too far, but <laughs> recording interviews is on a show floor yeah and i need to do a better a job of getting, like sometimes when we pass like we forgot to hand the recorder off like i have a pretty good recorder so i don't know if you guys could ever tell like michael's were on his phone majority of the time and then mine were on the recorder and i didn't do as good of a job as i should have of like handing him the recorder in the afternoon like hey i'm done today here you go you know yeah eh, worked out pretty well <laughs> yeah mine sounded pretty good. damn good yeah, no, it's for what, yeah, they're great. All right, so you can uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already through multiple podcast services, uh, Google Play, iTunes, Podcast Addict, all that fun stuff. We are on Spotify, and Spotify is supported on the PS4. There's links to the Spotify in the show notes. You can also just sign up for the direct RSS feed where you'll get the podcast episodes um, on your computer, laptop, tablet, however you choose to listen to them. If you want to just go to the website and get them, all of the shows are posted now. If you missed any of our E3 coverage, we did get had a little bit of a couple snafus. Um, if for those of you maybe that were watching while we were on Twitch, you got to see me kind of like have a two-second freak out when I uh, mm-hmm. messed up mm-hmm. Audacity. Um, and then most of the sh- couple of the shows got uploaded to YouTube. I'm still kind of working on that. I might have lost some of them because past broadcasts don't last that long on Twitch, but I'll dig around. Um, and then they're on the podcast uh, feed, and they're also on the uh, just on psnation.com. So. If you haven't caught up, I do recommend going back and listening to those. They're only about an hour each, so um, a little bit. Well, I think the last one was like an hour and a half, but 
Um, and you can also stream the podcast on Stitcher. So there are multiple ways for you to leave reviews for us, if possible, whether it's through Facebook or through Twitter or uh, through the, any of the podcast services you use. We would love and appreciate if you could leave a podcast. Uh, a podcast, yeah, leave us a podcast, please. I need new things to listen to. Um, leave us a review, and we would greatly appreciate it. Especially after E3, a lot of people might be searching for gaming gaming podcasts and help us move up on the, when they're searching. All right, we are going to jump right into the news, and we get to talk about the world's number one hated company, apparently. The world's number one hated company, which may have done, like, a nice thing. I I put this story (laughs) in particularly because we always shit on EA, Uh, (laughs) but this is kind of a good story. Uh, Andrew Wilson, uh, president of EA, and other executives have actually declined their cash bonuses and are putting it in a developer bonus pool. So we're talking somewhere around several million dollars is now being put in a bonus pool that will be distributed to developers for for probably milestone bonuses, most likely, mm-hmm. and also to attract new developers to their studio. Uh, hopefully it all doesn't get blown away in an article uh, from GameSpot. Uh they tried to get an executive last year to stay by trying to give him a $20 million bonus. Uh, so hopefully the bonus money doesn't go to that sort of thing. It sounds like the spin EA is putting on this is uh, the $4.8 million bonuses that is the executives are declining is just going to put into a developer bonus pool. So how that will eventually get paid out to developers, we don't know. Uh, but it, at least it shows a sign that EA is, they didn't have the best year uh, last year. Uh, Battlefield 5 didn't really go anywhere. We also, we all already know the Anthem thing. We've talked Anthem enough. Um, Apex did really well for them, but it came out two months before the end of their fiscal year. So it couldn't really make a huge dent in their bottom line. But it shows you that the the, the CEOs, the presidents at EA are kind of taking responsibility for the company and are going to actually put that money back into the company to hopefully attract developers and reward developers that are there and hopefully they can come out with something good. I'm hoping Star Wars is the thing that saves them. <laughs> it seems like Respawn's the only company that can you know, um, produce decent EA content currently. Yeah, because they're the most non-EA studio under EA's umbrella. Are they actually working on a third thing, too? They're working on a VR game for Oculus, uh, which I believe they said they are going to reveal at like an Oculus summit that's happening in a month or two. Yeah. So they're working on a uh, VR game. I would believe that that would come to PSVR eventually, like maybe after like six months. No, it's Oculus funded. Oh, okay. So Oculus before the EA deal... Uh, set this deal, uh, set this contract up. So it's unlikely because I don't know if any Oculus published games have come out elsewhere. Okay. But yeah, looks like EA is making some moves. We'll see how it works out. Doubt we'll ever actually see the the fruits of this particular uh, scenario. But it's hopefully it's a good sign that EA is like looking in a mirror and changing things. Yeah. So um, the second story is a little bit of an older story, but we also really haven't talked um, since it came out, um, as well as it wasn't at E3 at all. And then there's been a couple more things that have come out since this has come out. So um, 
so Destiny 2 Shadow Keep was revealed like the Thursday before E3. So I think it was like it it was revealed on Thursday and I think you and I flew out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um and they did a stream where it was like Luke Smith and Mark Noseworthy and they uh, this is their first endeavor into the world of independent gaming if you want to consider Bungie to be independent. <laughs> there are independent but I think they're probably one of the most wealthiest independent studios. <laughs> Um, and they, you know, pretty much came out and they talked about a bunch of stuff that we had talked about, um, beforehand of that was teased. And the first part is that it will have cross save. Mm-hmm. So you will be able to cross save and you can move from, you know, platform to platform. You will, however, have to, uh, purchase the game on multiple platforms. It seems like as of now, um, they haven't said how that is or isn't going to work entirely. So but... Stadia is not included in that, correct? That's what came out for, for Stadia. What? In the cross save, no, it is. Stadia is okay. Yeah, but Stadia will have its. Uh, so they did announce it for Stadia as well. Uh, Stadia will have its own ecosystem. It will not. It, it will be a Stadia, Stadia player to Stadia player. It's not going to be on their PC. Okay. So right. I think That's a lot of people were hoping that it was going to. They'd be able to play on Stadia and play with their PC friends and you know attach to the Steam accounts or whatever. And that is not the case. So. Um, they they have some type of partnership with Stadia that they entered into with, and people started freaking out because they like they ran away from Activision. They ran right into Stadia, and it's more for Stadia than it is for Bungie. Like mm-hmm. Stadia has no say, similar to how Activision does and, and did in terms of what they can or cannot do in terms of development. And the reason I say that is because they are um, kind of changing how seasonal content is distributed. So Shadowkeep is going to cost thirty five dollars. Um, and that is essentially going to cover you for content from September, the seventh, the September 17th release date until, um, the next season comes out, which will probably be 90 days. So probably mid December if their seasons continue to last 90 days, like they have been. Um, and then there are, they are going to sell you content seasonally. So you can choose to buy into season 12 or you can choose not to buy into season 12. And then if you don't buy into season 12 and you want to and whatever they're showing for season 13 you like, then you just buy season 13 and you don't have to worry about whatever happened in season 12. Obviously, you won't be able to go back and get any of those weapons or anything like that because you won't have access to any of that content. But if whatever they're focusing that season on is not something you like, then don't buy it. Um, they are still as a obviously there still is a bundled pass that gives you the pretty much the rest of the year content and you can buy that with shadow keep and it's 59.99 so you're still going to get you know quote unquote a year's worth of destiny to shadow keep content for 59.99 um they also hinted at they it the way the way that i interpreted it is that destiny 3 might be a little farther away than most of us think it is i don't think that they have intentions of doing destiny 3 probably until 2021 at the earliest if even that and i think again that would be activision pushing them to put a three on a you know on a title um and then we get into some of the stuff that activision i don't think activision would have ever let them do and this is uh, strictly my opinion on this part um they are called they are they're releasing something called destiny 2 new light and that is a free-to-play destiny game um that is all of year one's content in destiny and um, which includes the base game, um, Curse of Osiris, Warmind, all the way up until Forsaken. Um, and then you will be able to 
travel to all the destinations as they are revealed in the game. So like if they reveal a new destination, like Shadow Keep's gonna take us, you know, to the moon again. Um and if you own Destiny or if you've downloaded Destiny 2 New Light, you can go to the moon. You can check it out, you can see what it's all about. You just aren't you aren't gonna be able to get any of the loot or play any of the campaign missions and stuff like that. But you'll be able to free roam and open world stuff and patrol. Um, same thing with all the Forsaken content and all that stuff. You'll be able to go to Dreaming City. You'll be able to to do all that stuff. Um, and then if you think that that's something you might like, then you can opt into uh, purchasing Forsaken content and the Annual Pass content and stuff like that. What that will look like or cost is still yet to be determined and how your power level is going to work and stuff like that is still yet to be figured out. They're, you know, They've got a lot of questions they have to answer over the summer, but... You know, that's kind of what a lot of people have been asking for. And they're trying to remove a lot of the barriers of, you know, how to play and how not to play. So um, one of the things that if you buy Shadowkeep, you don't have to own any of the previous Destiny content at all. So you can just buy Shadowkeep and play and you'll be right where you need to be. Um, Again, how they're going to like buff people or make that work is still yet to be determined. Um, So I don't know. How does that does that intrigue you at all, Michael? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> no I, I don't know I, I destiny at this point for me it's kind of too far gone for me to feel comfortable jumping into it mm-hmm. i understand the moves that they're making they all make sense but i just don't know for me personally if i'm gonna just want to jump into destiny again especially i haven't touched destiny 2 since it came out yeah and i think like what, what a lot of people are really kind of afraid of is the um the you know feeling behind or not being able to play with their friends or you know having to do x amount of you know content just to catch up to play with the friends and other people are like i'm not doing that and somehow that they're, they're going they've you know insinuated that they're going to figure a way out to where when you log on to shadow keep you're automatically at a power level of where you can participate in you know activities with me that's a higher power level mm-hmm. so like in terms of they're trying to remove barriers and to get people playing the newest stuff as soon as possible so how that's going to work we don't know yet. Um, and then they came out last week and announced massive changes to their Eververse store, which is their microtransaction store, which everybody has pretty much hated. Um, and they're pretty much turning everything into um, cosmetic items that are going to be ornamental. So, like, they actually came out and said that they pretty much purposely did not um, put good perks on the Eververse armor because they didn't want it to be a quote-unquote pay-to-win. Mm-hmm. so like the stuff looked cool but it never ever gave you a, a powerful enough feeling or you couldn't really mod it or anything like that it just was like looking interesting so now um anything that you've previously purchased uh you can break down and get the currency that you need from it in the game that's called bright dust and then you will be able to apply all of those things to your characters as cosmetic transmogging essentially mm-hmm. So, like, if you get a chess piece that has some really cool perks, but you don't really like how it looks, then you can just put this other ornament on it, and it'll look like a piece of Eververse gear that you had, you know, earned or bought or purchased previously. Um, so, it's, you know, it's a push in the in the direction of truly letting you, you let your character look how they want and still have the perks and everything that you want. So, um, and they, you know... Pretty much came out and said, you know, break all, break down all the stuff you have now. If you're not going to use it, don't hoard it because you want as much bright dust as you can because they're kind of changing the economic system around a little bit um, when when Shadow Keep comes out. So, um, 
but overall, like personally right now with the uh, season of opulence and things like that, and I'll talk a little bit more about it later. Um, I feel like Destiny 2 is in the best spot that it's been in. I feel like the Destiny franchise is in the best spot it's been in in a very, very long time in terms of yeah, well, like, they're, they're in control and you can feel it already. Yeah. So like if you own the annual pass for Destiny 2 uh, after the Forsaken content and you kind of stepped away from it, this is probably the best time for you to step back in. Leveling back up is very easy. It takes about an hour and a half and you're on par with what you need to do for the new activities. Um, so uh, if you, you know, and if you're worried about like being behind for Shadowkeep, like this is the really like the best time to play. Um, and it seems like they're, you know, moving in the right direction. And, and right now, like, Bungie's just getting a lot of goodwill. They just had a really good Guardian Con stream. A lot of the Destiny creators, uh, content creators and things like that, had, you know, they, they just raised like $3.7 million for St. Jude's in a week. Uh, mostly focused around Destiny. And Bungie was on the stream as well, and they raised 400000 in their four hours. Um, and they're just, you know, they're making a lot of strides in the right direction. And you can, you know, definitely tell that Luke Smith was not a fan of Activision because I think that he has spoken more in the last three months um, than ever. <laughs> and I don't know if that's just more of the company deciding that he's going to be more front and center now, you know, but we'll see. So uh, that's it for destiny. Right. So. The, uh, the next piece of news is super brief. It's barely news, uh, but Eurogamer found a, account that was just made within the last month uh, that was teasing Ape Escape content uh, for the 20th anniversary of Ape Escape, I believe. Maybe actually, yeah, like 20th anniversary, I think. Um, this account, what makes this substantial or like makes it a news story is this account, which was just made, uh, happens to be followed by Sony Japan. And Sony Japan only follows like 50 something uh, <laughs> people or 53 users. So they recently followed this one, this account and this account then put out an image saying like, are people still capturing apes and teasing possibly maybe a return to ape escape, which if this were to happen, I'm assuming we'd maybe hear about something from TGS. And it just kind of makes sense with what Sony's been doing with their older franchises to maybe bring back ape escape which i know so many people loved i loved playing it on a ps1 and there hasn't been an ape escape game since 2010 2011 it was like the move game ape escape move uh so there hasn't been anything in a while ape escape or at least standalone they the apes pop up in other games all the time mm -hmm. but this could be a next logical step for them after medieval's taken care of to maybe return to ape escape and then I think they would pretty much like wrap up their hit list of games that people want to play uh, from like the PS1 era. Right. With like Crash Spyro Medieval taken care of. I mean, we got the Metal Gear collection a couple months ago or not a couple months, a couple years ago for mm -hmm. like PS3. So Ape Escape would be the next one from Sony that if they can either remaster or just do a whole new game. And it doesn't have to be like full blown like expensive triple a game for ape escape you can do something right. relatively simple for that just do another car racer you'll be fine <laughs> i mean might as well <laughs> uh so it, it's one of those news stories that like there's literally the article we link from Eurogamer is like maybe a paragraph like two paragraphs uh but it's something to keep an eye on and with tgs in september maybe we'll hear something 
Yeah, uh, we got Gamescom at the end of August and then TGS too. Yeah, I'm guessing Sony's going to skip Gamescom again. They skipped Gamescom the last couple years. Right. Uh, I mean, if they skipped E3, I don't see any reason for them to go to Gamescom. Yeah. But TGS, I think that's that they. I doubt they're going to skip TGS. No, that's so, where they are. So. So maybe we'll find out more PS5 stuff, and then maybe we'll find out about like a smaller Ape Escape title. Right. Uh, but I'm definitely excited uh, to see more Ape Escape that isn't a move game because I vaguely remember the move game and that was pretty bad like most move games were uh, back then mm-hmm. where they just like slapped the franchise on move titles and hope for the best right yeah. alright so that is it for news pretty light as to be expected coming post out of E3 I think a lot of the PR firms kind of went into hibernation as well <laughs> for a couple days <laughs> Um, and new releases. So we're going to hit a couple new releases that are probably out, um, by the time you're listening to the show, but we didn't really record last week. So I just really wanted to go over them really quick. Um, so we have death gambit, which is 24 99, which is T for teen, um, judgment, which is a game that Michael talked about a little bit at, from E3. And there's a review posted on the site for judgment. Um, that is 59 99 and that is rated M for mature. I need and, to buy that game so bad. <laughs> like, I've just been seeing, like, the same thing that happened with the last couple of Yakuza games where you just see, like, memes popping up on Twitter of scenes from the game, and I'm just yeah. like, fuck, I need to get this. Yeah. Um, and then Samurai Showdown, which is um, a $59.99 game that is rated M for Mature. Uh, Monster Jam Steel Titans, $39.99, rated E for everyone. Um, the Sinking City, which I played um, for, at the Big Ben appointment we had, um, fifty nine ninety nine M for mature. So I'm actually going to talk about the game later. <laughs> so those are all for Tuesday, June twenty fifth, uh, which is this week, and then Friday, June twenty eighth, we have the F one uh, twenty nineteen anniversary edition, along and the Legends edition. So the anniversary edition is fifty nine ninety nine. And the Legends Edition is $69.99. I'm assuming that comes with some multiplayer skins and things like that. Um, cars and stuff like that. We talked a little bit about F1 at the, on our last day of E3. Uh, Glenn streamed F1 over the uh, last weekend. That's on our YouTube channel. So that one looks is looking pretty good. If you're into uh, racing games, then you have that. Um, and also, we have coming out on July 2nd. So, uh, Will, A Wonderful World, $39.99, rated M for Mature. Uh, Tour de France, Tour de France, sorry, $39.99, rated E for Everyone. And um, Final Fantasy fifteen. I think this is the expansion. No, this is fourteen. Fourteen. yeah. 14. This, is the, uh, this is the Shadowbringers expansion. Yeah, the complete so. edition of the game, yeah. It's got another, but something new is coming with it as well. Yes. Yeah. So this is like the complete edition up until this comes out, which includes, I think, the Shadowbringers DLC. Right. So I know there's a couple people that I play games with that are pretty excited about this. And I've actually seen a lot of advertising and things like that. I got a I got a big Shadowbringers bag from E3 to collect (laughs) to add to my collection of Final Fantasy 14 online and bags that come that can hold your entire body. Basically, those are really <laughs> handy when you're moving now. Yeah, I bet. Um, so all of the new releases um, that we listed, I know we just kind of went through them briefly, and you know sometimes we talk about them a little bit more, but there was a lot, um, and we're also trying to catch up from you know a couple weeks before. But they all have uh, affiliate links attached to them, so you can go to the show notes on psnation.com and uh, 
click on one of those and it'll take you to Amazon where we have an affiliation and we get a commission for anything that you purchase along with not just video games, but anything that you purchase from Amazon. So you can go to psnation.com, click on the left side of the page. There is a affiliate link section. There's a ton of stores listed there. One of the more successful ones for us is Amazon. Um, and then, like I said, it doesn't change your shopping at all. And we get, uh, commission for anything that you purchase there and those all help pay for stuff for e3 and things like that so we appreciate everybody that's done that you can also go to zazzle.com slash ps nation where you can look for playstation nation merchandise there's tons of different stuff there hats coffee mugs coasters you know t-shirts things like that um and then our video services twitch.tv slash ps nation um, like I just mentioned, Glenn streamed um, F1 over the weekend. I streamed Riverbond. I streamed Bloodstain. I streamed some Destiny. So um, lots and lots of stuff going on there. A bunch of people continue to sub through us that way. And you can use your Amazon Prime sub on us if you choose. That's so greatly appreciated. We are an affiliate. So you can also um, just do a paid sub as well. If you're a little, a little more comfortable in the Twitch universe, then we appreciate that support as well. Um, and you can go to the YouTubes where most of the time, uh, we've gotten pretty good about posting, uh, some of the stream replays and things like that on there. So you can check that stuff out along with any other trailers and things like that, that we try to embed or post in any of our shows our shows and news. So go ahead and give that a like and a subscribe if you could. I'm going to try to do a little bit more video content as I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with my PC and stuff like that. I just got to find a good video editing software and we'll be good to go. So, Michael, do you want to hit reviews that hit the site? Yep. Uh, three reviews uh, since last time we recorded have hit. Uh, the first one is by Ray. It's a Warhammer uh, Chaos Bane. Uh, this is a Warhammer game that I didn't know released, but there's so many Warhammer games uh, that come out. Uh, but this one, Ray, uh, he really liked uh, this one. This is like a top-down uh, Warhammer game, so it uh, looks uh, kind of dungeon-crawly. Uh he really liked it. Check out the review if you're into Warhammer games. I never really know what to say about Warhammer games is because there's just so many of them. It's hard to differentiate uh, all the various ones. Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, Ray also reviewed Judgment, uh, which is a, another game that he really liked. Uh, this is from the developers of the Yakuza series. This is the first time they've kind of jumped outside of the Yakuza series in a while. It, take, it still takes place in the same city that those games have take, took place in, but it's a whole new cast of characters, uh, new activities to do. It has a detective element to it. You're actually playing a cop or a private detective as opposed to playing the criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is, I'm so jealous. I was going to review this game, but we got it like two days or like a week before we were going to fly out free three. So there's no way I was going to be able to play it and review it unless I took my PS4 with me uh, to E3. Even then you wouldn't have had a ton of time there. So. Nope. Nope. Not, not enough time at all. Uh, but definitely check out that review and check out judgment. Uh, and then we have observation, which was reviewed by Matt. Uh, Matt was really digging the story, the cinematics, voice acting, all that stuff. But it sounds like he ran into some problem with puzzle difficulty and then also some jank that prevented him from like fully enjoying this experience. So definitely check out his review if you want to know a little bit more about why some of the puzzling or the puzzles were a little annoying for Matt and caused some issues. It sounds like he had to restart the game at one point. Uh, so a combination of um, difficulty and then maybe bugs or jank that he just restarted the game after like three hours 
and then try to do it again. Uh, so definitely check that out. I, I mean, it's still got a, it's still you got an okay score. Uh, that maybe if they fix some issues, it could be, turn out to be a, a pretty pretty good game. Uh, mm-hmm. But that is it for reviews. All right, what we're playing and watching. You want me to go, or do you want to go? Uh, you can go. Okay. So, um, we got back. I caught up a little bit on some Destiny stuff. Like I said, I've kind of mentioned a lot of it before, but the Menagerie, the new six-player match-made activity, is a lot of fun. Uh, being able to grind for specific things that you want um, is very, very good. Um, there, you know, you still can't control the roles or anything like that, but... Um, you know, the new raid is fun. Uh, everything that's going on in there is um, solid. So, and like I said, if you haven't been, you know, playing it, you should maybe check it out. Um, there's lots and lots of things to do, and it's in a really good place. And then I played Bloodstain, um, Ritual of the Night, which is the spiritual successor to Castlevania. I don't, I, I'm enjoying the little bit that I played. I think I played for like two or three hours. Um, it might have a little bit too steep of a curve for me in terms of what I was thinking it would be in terms of a side-scrolling kind of hack-and-slash game that has a lot of RPG elements to it, a lot of um, you know punishment if you die and you didn't save recently, uh, exploring the map, finding things out, getting these shards. The, the game looks amazing. Um, the visuals are awesome. The music is great. Um, the combat is fun changing the weapons. Each weapon has a different thing and trying to upgrade the weapons, but there is a little bit more of a, I don't want to say want to call it a skill curve, but maybe a, a, a heavy RPG sense to it than I was expecting. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I still kind of like the games that are kind of similar to like how Guacamelee plays where you kind of progress through the levels. And as you're progressing through the levels, you pick up more powerful things, which I believe that you get from defeating bosses as you play through this game. Um, but it almost feels like there was like too many decisions to make. Like one that's really weird to me that, I, and I, I know it's an old school game, but like having to pause the game to use a potion is kind of annoying versus maybe just having it equipped to a button. I mean, maybe that's just me being cranky about it. Like I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Um, but uh, so that it's fun. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it a little bit more, but I just think it was a little bit more than I was expecting. I don't know if that's if that makes sense or not. Um, and then uh, I played Riverbond, um, which is, uh, you know, kind of a top-down dungeon crawler. Uh, local co-op only, which I was a, a little disappointed in, that it's only local co-op. I was hoping it would be online co-op. Um, but I definitely think it's something that my wife can play. So it's very, very basic. You know, there's just a couple, like, change weapons and slash and things. There's a special ability and there's, a like, a roll dodge thing. So there's not really a huge amount of depth to it yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm um, having a lot of fun with that. I really want to see if, like, Angela can play that game, though. And so I think that might be something we try to do on stream. So you guys can, you know, maybe watch and see my wife struggle with video games because she does a lot of things, like, really, really well. But hand-eye coordination in video games is not her thing at all. Uh, I'm also playing Riverbound. Uh, oh. I'm actually going to review it uh, probably next week because I've only gone through like three of the dungeons and there's like just a fair amount of dungeons. There's like, what, six to nine? Two, four, six. There's like eight dungeons maybe. Uh, but I do like how simple that game is. I've been playing it co-op as well. And uh, the only problem I have with the co-op, which 
might be something Angela might have a difficulty with is sometimes you can lose track of your character. Uh, Yeah, just a little bit, you know, especially when you get to like some of the boss battles where they have a bunch of minion characters as Uh well. Is very easy to to lose. Yeah, your character. I can see that. Like some of the even like with the vegetation and the towers and the bunny characters you can talk to and the, like the chickens that are running around. Like mm-hmm. a lot of things look very similar. Yes. Uh, um, I like the skin aspect of it though. Like where you can just like pick different things. Like Bastion skin is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it, there's more that go in there. There's supposed to be some like shovel knight, I think, right, and some guacamole stuff. Shovel knight, guacamole. Uh, Enter the Gungeon. It's basically like Best of the Indies is that game. So, um, I mean, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's definitely something I think that like for a lot of the, a lot of you that maybe want to play a game with your kids or even like, you know, anybody that maybe, you know, you have a like an older kid that's like a, maybe like a teenager or something like that. Like this is something I definitely think that could have a, a really fun curve to it in terms of a skill level, but also can be like a pick up and play kind of thing. That I think that anybody can play, and it's like, hey, just do this, and then you know, like, and somebody else can be doing all the other crazy stuff. I do see like a the speed bonus things and stuff like that on the game, to where you beat something in, in a certain amount of time and things like that. Yeah, so and that, like that definitely has to be done with more than one person. Yeah, and then there's also like the hidden coins and stuff like that that's just like all over the map. Like each level or board has like a hidden coin that you have to sometimes platform a little bit beyond you think that's a wall and say, like, Oh no, there's clearly some platforming stuff I can do and kind of go a little off the map or board to find like the big coin that's in every uh, yeah. level. So it definitely has a lot of that. Um, like a couple of people that popped in the stream, it definitely has that 3d dot game hero look to it. Yeah. Um, very pixel voxelated. Yeah. Minecraft and then it Dungeons has look. like aspects of, you know, I mean, I know it sounds like a cop out, but it has aspects of Mario in it. Like go find this collectible. You know, Mm -hmm. but then it also has like the, you know, the depth of Zelda, like finding like maybe the right, you know, weapon to use in a scenario and things like that. Yeah, I really love the the weapon variety in the game. I wish you can take stick early on or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) The just having boxing gloves like uh, me and Sarah, I was playing as uh, just the main character and she was playing as an avocado and her avocado just had boxing gloves and was just punching the shit out of things. That stuff, that 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 like wackiness charm, like it's not a serious game. There's like uh, a glove, like a white glove you can get, and it doesn't really do a lot of damage. But you just walk around like the the. So when you do uh, an attack, you can hold it down to do a power attack, and yeah. there's a fish uh, <laughs> that we had. And when you hold it down, it does one slap, and then does like a couple quick slaps back and forth with the fish, and that that was definitely a highlight. Just slapping people with fishes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if uh, I don't know the, I, I feel bad. I don't even know the price of Riverbond. Is it like 20 bucks? $25, I 25. believe, which okay. to me seems a little high, yeah, which is why I'm not ready to review it until I knock out all the dungeons and then I can see. And also, uh, I don't get trophies from it and I'm not the only one. It seems like it has a trophy. I don't, I, I don't either. I earn them. But then when I click the button to sync them, it errors. See, I don't even earn them and I don't see them in my trophy list. So I can't even sync it. There's yeah, like nothing so there. I earn them, but then I can't. It doesn't show on my trophy list. Like I've seen them pop up on the screen that I earned them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, like because I no joke. I think I earned just going through like the first like tutorial and the first like one or two levels. Like the, th- the damn thing probably went off like a dozen times. 
It's funny though, because like I haven't seen any, and then I'm like, that's weird. And I look for my trophy list. I'm like, I don't have trophy list. And I look on Reddit, and people are like, does this game have trophies? Because like I'm not the only one who's just yeah. not earning trophies, which is just like, damn. It Luckily, does have I don't trophies. I can, you know, <laughs> I, you can look on the Twitch stream and see that I earn trophies, <laughs> but um, I don't know how many I've earned or how many there are in the list. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm hoping so. when they fix it, I could just get like that pop-up of this trophies ding you'll ding, have to ding. like record that video and stream it ding 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 i'm really hoping it has like, that be like have when to, you like... cross saved onto the vitas like those remember mm-hmm. those games in it, get the instant platinum <laughs> so um yeah i mean that's the most part for me like watching um i most of the my yearly kind of tv shows are kind of done um, I did watch some, you know, a couple like just random documentaries about things. And, um, what did I, I, I watched a uh, documentary about Alan Iverson the other day. Like it was just like, it was just on, um, you know, trying to find something to watch on ESPN uh, while I was working on some other stuff. Um, so like nothing I watched, um, fighting with my family on the plane mm-hmm. ride home from, uh, E3. Angela scared the shit out of me when she said she was looking up page videos on the internet yep. and i was just like oh god i hope safe search is on because oh god <laughs> um so yeah i mean it was interesting like i watched it um and i actually like you know it's actually a good movie like in terms of like the storyline mm-hmm. and stuff like that that's in there kind of like character development they did really well with that obviously like Dwayne Dwayne johnson is just an overall just a good character even playing himself like, mm-hmm. which is essentially what he was doing um, which he does in like all of his movies it's just like yeah. different levels of, yeah. of the rock but i mean this is when he was just him like he was you know mm-hmm. and you know like vince vaughn was in there like they had some really you know good characters in there um and then it made me curious like obviously i know that they do a lot of stuff like quote unquote made for tv or made for movies so i'm like there's no way this girl went from like a nobody in nxt to being called up to wwe and winning the diva title that night there's got to be some other stuff in here and i looked back and that's why we got into the videos and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because i was like to find out that she had been a champion in nxt for a while so like the way the way the movie portrayed it yeah the way the movie portrayed it was um was interesting so um, but it actually, you know, I know you've talked about it and things like that before. Like I used to watch wrestling, like mm-hmm. um, back when like Stone Cold and Undertaker, yeah, Undertaker the, 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 still wrestling. Nineties, two thousands. I think yeah. everyone watched back then. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was really, 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 really good. And I'm not saying it's not good now, but I've tried watching it sometimes, and I think they might be trying too hard. You know, like and maybe they don't have as marketable of as characters. But I definitely see the the allure of the Divas division, though. Mm-hmm. No, there's definitely that's got a ton of talent and potential and it's a shame do they get into her career ending no not in the movie because essentially the movie takes her all the way up have you not seen it no no i haven't it's been on my list to see i might even just like throw you my voodoo passwords because i think that we could rent it for like six bucks or buy it for like nine so we just bought it okay (laughs) that way you know um it pretty much takes it up to uh her getting that call to the WWE. Okay. They, so they portray it differently. Ending. Yeah. And then she, you see her winning the title and that's kind of like, they briefly put something up at the end, but apparently she had some like crazy neck injury stuff, right? Mm, yeah. She, uh, has a spinal neck sort of injury where she came back from neck surgery and then did a couple matches and then a nothing move. Like, barely it when you see it it shouldn't have hurt her but because of that neck issue 
uh, it triggered it, and she had to end her career. She's still around as like a manager. Yeah, she's like a GM character. for like SmackDown or something like that, right? Yeah, she she was yeah. GM for a while. And now she's managing some women on the division. Yeah. And so she's still she's still around. She went through like a really rough patch, which is why I was worried about you guys Google searching her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, the movie focused heavily on um, her Vince. family. Yeah. And and then her, her family soup. There's a documentary that the movie's based on that is actually worth watching. Yeah, I might have to check that out with her. But it focused a lot of times on her family, her time in England. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it spent a good chunk of time on her, like, I guess maybe like what, um, y- you know, like a prospect. I, I mean, I refer to him as a prospect in terms of like no, that's like, what it is. Yeah. NXT's a prospect would go through even going her getting to NXT. Mm hmm. You know, like going through like like Vince Vaughn was like her coach and he was coaching a whole bunch of people and he was dim- dismissing people like left and right and things like that. So it's it's, it's very funny. Um, it's got some some very, you know, some good co- uh, comedy and stuff like that. And so it's definitely worth a watch. So even if you're not a huge wrestling fan, like there's there's some good stuff in there. So um, that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm sure I watched some other stuff on the like, multiple plane rides and stuff like that, that that I was on, but nothing crazy. So, yeah. OK, so. F- uh, I've been. We got a the Astro C40 for review uh, during E3, so I've been using that. That is the, I guess PS4 equivalent of the Elite controller uh, from Astro. Uh, I've been. I've only been you know using it for like a week, so I'm not ready to full blown review it yet. Uh, but just the general design of it is actually really comfortable. It's got a good weight on it. I don't mind the grip that's on it. I always get little, a little like bothered when there's like some sort of texture on it, but there's like a decent uh, rubberized texture to it and good weight. The, the, the thing that makes it special, like the Elite controller is swappable parts. It comes with uh, different uh, analog stick nubs that I can put on it and I can replace the D pad and do the offset D pad left stick. Blasphemy. You can't have offset sticks. Like I, I offset it just to see how easy it was and then immediately put it back. Uh, but I can report it's super easy. It comes with a little L wrench uh, to just, you know, swap them out. And I guess you can get different face plates or a different D-pad. It only comes with the one D-pad that's already attached to it, uh, though it says the D-pad's replaceable. So I'm assuming on Astro's site I can get a different D-pad. But the D-pad that's on it is pretty good. Yeah, they spent a lot of time focusing on... Um mod kits and stuff like that even their headphones have different ear cups and different changes that you can make to stuff to make it yours and obviously that you know to make it truly yours with astro like it's going to cost a little bit more you know but. yeah i'm curious uh, i've i've used the app to you know because it's got the two back paddle buttons which i haven't really used too yeah, those often. seemed a little large to me they are so that's my my only complaint with um i've accidentally hit them oh too much just because of how large they are because it's kind of hard to not get my middle fingers on any given part of it you know some of the paddles are smaller you have to look for them or move your hands off them my hands are always on these back paddles i've noticed that with a lot of different controllers like you almost have to kind of like like with my scuff vantage and things like that you almost have to like hold learn to grip a controller slightly different if you're going to use those buttons can you turn them off yes i could turn them off with the app there's an application on PC uh, where you can customize the controller. I thought there was an app on PS4, but I couldn't find one in the store. I have to look into that. Uh, but the app is pretty easy to use. Just plug it in, change the setting. It's got two different settings, or you, you can do two different sets uh, uh-huh. on it. Profiles, I write, 
yeah, right now I just have the back paddle to X and circle, which is the default one. Because uh, right. I I use it only really for Overwatch, just because it seemed like that would be the, the competitive game to use it for. So you don't have any desire to set those panels to shooting? No, no. I just, I'm going to probably switch them to the reload and okay. uh, the jump. jump. Uh, and that's probably it, just because... I do love the triggers on the C uh, the C40s, just because I have them set to uh, hair triggers, so you don't have to press fully down on them. You can just barely tap them, and it'll right. set them off. So losing, changing those off to the back paddles just wouldn't be convenient for me, especially it feels really good. Uh, mm-hmm. The the controller, especially the the triggers. It's funny, Dave's in video, and I don't know if Dave sees me just like holding a controller that isn't there but when wow, i talk about it that controller's so cool looking yeah i know it's invisible uh <laughs> i have it right here and i really like the uh the carrying case uh, as i open it yeah uh but i i i don't i'm a sucker for carrying cases and this is like a really good carrying case i wish it came with a another d-pad mm-hmm. like just so i can test it out just to see different d-pads uh, but the one that's on it is pretty good and uh the the only thing I wish I could do is tighten the sticks. Uh, the sticks are a little loose, but there's uh, there's still one more set of sticks that I haven't used. And I'm hoping they're a little bit tighter. Yeah, usually the what I've found a lot of times is the the taller the sticks are, the mm-hmm. more sensitive they feel. Yeah, the, the 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 default sticks that are on it I feel like are a little too loose, but it hasn't been too much of an issue. Uh, not like loose been, feeling but not causing like any kind of drift or anything like that right exactly yeah okay. they just feel a little bit looser than like uh, a dual shock uh they feel like uh they're they're looser like my my very used dual shocks <laughs> as opposed to like a newer dual shock which at e3 i think would mess me up is at e3 you're pretty much using all brand new dual shocks so they all have yeah. that good feel still so going from those to stiff uh, sticks yeah, <laughs> going to mine and then going to the C40. That's the only thing that I really uh, kind of noticed is like, oh, these are a little loose, but there's no like, I haven't noticed any like dead zone or stuff like right. that. But it's really hard for me to notice dead zone until someone points it out. Yeah. Uh, or but, until uh, you see an issue in a game that you've constantly played all the time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so like, I really like these. I think they're pretty solid. They're they're on the expensive end. This is a what two hundred dollar yeah. controller. Yeah, they're they're expensive, but like it, I, it's the same stuff that we had you know conversations before with like the Vantage and stuff like that. Like, how long has it been? A, is a Dual Shock lasting you lately? Like a Dual Shock Four? Like when you're playing Overwatch on a regular basis or a weekly basis, you're playing games. You know, I don't even know like ten hours a week or whatever. Like, how long is a controller lasting you? Like I. I kind of am burning through controllers, to be honest, yeah, like at a, an alarming rate. So it's three controllers. Mm-hmm. It's three controllers, but it seems like it's a better built controller. And the thing that tends to happen with my controllers is the sticks go. Like that's the first thing that goes yep. on my controllers. So the fact that I can swap these sticks out gives me a little bit more hope. And then uh, to where if like you have a problem with the stick, I think that you can just go to Astro's site and maybe spend $20 on another set of sticks. Mm-hmm. versus having to go buy a whole new dual shot because your left analog controller your left analog stick drifts yeah and and because i can open this controller up and take the faceplate out and swap it like usually what happens with dual shocks is something happens with the sticks where they get a little loose or something gets in there and you have to take apart a dual shock which is annoying as hell. I don't know if you've had to take apart one yet. I won't do it. Yeah. I don't think I have the patience for it. Exactly. And then this, it's just 
four little screws and they give you a little, you know, screw kit for it and right. open it. You can clean out the sticks or swap them out. So I, I'm not ready to put a score on it just because I've only been using it for a week. I wanted to bit like a long test because who knows, like if it just falls apart after two weeks of heavy use, right. uh, but I'm really liking it so far. Uh, the price tag's a little bit kind of on the iffy side, but the quality so far seems like it's a worthwhile thing to invest in, especially because controllers already are like $65. Yeah. So and I, th- I feel like if, a, if that could, whether it's a vantage or it's the C40 or whatever, if you get three, two and a half years, three years out of this controller, like you're still coming out financially on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and the fact that it already comes with like the other sticks, like it comes with two other sets of analog sticks. And if those are the first to go, like, yeah, some of these are a little bit longer, but at least it gives me the option uh, right. and I can play around with it a little bit and the customization does help. And I do play enough competitive games that I, I, I don't know if the controllers actually help me play Overwatch, but I am doing a little bit better uh, playing Overwatch since I've gotten back. I don't know if it was a break from Overwatch or the controller actually is helping me a little bit uh, with like the hair triggers and everything like that. Sure. Uh, so I, I, I'm really into this controller. Uh, just don't want to score it too soon with only messing around with it for about a week. Right. Uh, but uh, specifically uh, for games, uh, I'm playing with Overwatch. I'm in Platinum. There's six days left in the season. Uh, ro- uh, we talked about uh, Riverbound. Mm-hmm. Bond. Enjoying. <laughs> hmm? Bond. River Bond. Oh, sorry. River Bond. Uh, <laughs> enjoying uh, that. Uh, a lot just unlocking stuff i'm i'm just hoping there's another layer in river bond yeah uh, that i'm just not seeing quite yet i'm hoping once i clear all the i know i can probably ruin it because there's already probably a review there's reviews out there for it because it came out before e3 but i'd rather find out for myself if there is an additional layer a new game plus something once i get through the dungeons because like each section of the game only takes about like 20 minutes to get through for sure. So the game's not particularly long, but because of that $25 price tag, I hope there's an, a, another layer under there, uh, especially since it doesn't have online. It's just local co-op. Mm-hmm. I was really disappointed uh, in that. I was just hoping that, I guess maybe I was, again, just unrealistic expectations, maybe, you know. Yeah, uh, but but uh, Staffinator pointed out there is a workaround for that. You could do share play. Yeah, but I think you can only do share play with like one other person. So I think. Mm, true. Uh, then, uh, game I, uh, probably play like five, six hours of so far is the, the sinking city, uh, from big Ben. Uh, Dave, you saw this at, yeah, I played it. Yeah. It's a, it's a mystery action. (laughs) Kinda. Yeah. Mystery action game. It's got the Cthulhu vibes, uh, at least some of the art and some of the sea creatures that are in this game, but you, uh, the basic, pitch for it is uh, you're a detective who is drawn to a fishing town by visions and dreams that he's having uh, that are just kind of getting him on the verge of like madness mm-hmm. and he's drawn to this uh, fishing town and turns out like kind of everyone in his town is suffering from these visions and dreams and the town is just kind of falling apart it's currently in some sort of depression there is some race tension with some of the different, like there's like fish 
like people and then there's like some ape like people along with regular humans and there's a lot of tensions between the i think they're called inner mouthers or the fish type people and they're like refugees that came to this town and they've just uh been treated terribly and kind of made the town their own but they're still the locals that are kind of against everything that's going on uh but the what what drew me to this game is it's a detective game and there's not enough detective games out there right and as you're solving cases you find evidence you have some sort of like detective vision that will let you if you collect enough evidence for a specific area or case it will let you kind of replay some of the scenes like a kind of like arkham detective mode but better yeah, it, and you get to play out these scenes, and then what you do when you get the vision is you can then order the scene the way you think it played out, and then when you do that, you get like a full picture, and then you can go full even more further down detective mode right. and track down and break different cases. And the cool thing that what I like about it is as you're finding clues, you can combine multiple clues or two clues at least so far together to make deductions and then build out your case further. So it's like, okay, so this person was murdered. Um, and then you find out there might've been some shady business happening and then you combine those two and then it gives you another piece of the puzzle for the case. Mm-hmm. And at least in the early going, it seems like I have a lot of choice with how I can approach different cases in terms of I, I, had a suspicion of who murdered someone and I could have immediately just turned that person into the authorities or to, uh, the parents of the person that got murdered and then just walked away from it and moved on. But I could have done a little bit more research in it and then find out if, you know, it was like a justified murder or if there was more to it and get a little bit more backstory on the town, which I need to do because my, main purpose is to figure out what's going on with these visions. Uh, but there, I love that dynamic of player choice of I can get as much evidence as I want and still progress through the game, whether that might lead to bad decisions or good decisions is kind of up on me of how thorough of a detective I want to be. And even if I get all the information, I can still lie. Like I, I was put early on where I find like a murder suspect um, and I could turn them in or not turn them in. And it's up to me. Uh, I have all the evidence in front of me, but it's still up to me whether if I want to turn them in and that will obviously change the story and change how maybe people in the town perceive me. Uh, but it's really fascinating. Uh, I I'm enjoying everything about it. Uh, the voice acting is really good. The only issue with it, visually i don't know if you notice this at e3 but there's a lot of like screen tearing and like slow down when you like turn the camera it's like sometimes like the background kind of i didn't see a lot of slowdown, but um like when i'm playing games there i'm kind of like so focused on still like learning the game and the brief amount of time that i have you know uh because uh, there is like vision mode like when you go into detective mode you get close like the, your screen will get blurred and stuff like that yeah but it's one of those things where even when I'm not in detective mode, when I turn my character, some of the background kind of like it gets choppy, mm-hmm. like not the frame rate, 
but like the literal background where like this gives a weird look that's a little nauseating but i can i can work through it it's not that big of a deal but it's definitely jarring when you're running through the town because it's basically kind of openish world that you just have this whole town and when i'm running around sometimes doing fast turns it's like oh that that building didn't move or like my character camera didn't move right smoothly uh when it should have uh but i i'm i'm enjoying the hell out of this game uh way more than i thought i would uh just because i think their previous games were the sherlock home games if i'm not mistaken and yeah, I, I thought that yeah, I was going to ask, and, I, and those seem to be do those seem to do okay. They do they do okay, but they've just never been my my type of game. Uh, I like detective games, but I just never got into the the Sherlock games. But right. this I'm definitely into, and I like that it's you know a scary game, and there's like weird creatures and a mystery, and I I like good detective games. Like Condemned is one of my favorite games, and I kind of get a little bit a little bit more serious than Condemned was, but. I, I enjoy these type of stories and I, I can't wait to see like where it unravels. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully I have time uh, this week to finish up Riverbound bond. I don't know why I keep saying bound. Uh, Riverbound. <laughs> I think another game was called that. It's like the sequel to earthbound. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping I have more time for the single city. I have no idea how long it is. It actually, it comes out Tuesday. So I, consider this a a preview not a review uh i will be able to review it next week because i should have some time i was able to play several several hours of it earlier uh just no no idea how long of a experience it is right uh that's it for playing uh when it comes to watching uh i watched the wwe stomping grounds pay-per-view speaking of wrestling Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually did a preview for it for that uh, the podcast Too Young to Be This Old. So if you want to hear my predictions for the show now that it's over and see how right or wrong I was, uh, check them out on iTunes. It was a good show, uh, the the wrestling show and a podcast. Uh, but the wrestling show was good. Uh, Ricochet winning the U.S. title was fantastic. Uh, it got got a little bored towards the end. Uh, but I enjoyed it overall. It's just, it's really hard. Like I have to watch wrestling on tape delay now just cause it's really hard to sit through a three and a half hour wrestling show <laughs> if I can't fast forward through it. Yeah. So I usually let it run for an hour and then I jump into it on the, and then just fast forward through Eventually some of the, in the like, within the 90 minutes you catch up or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And cause the shows just seem to be getting longer and longer and I just don't have patience for everything. Uh, Especially, you like, know, there's I, a lot of like fluff in there, isn't there? Like in between oh, matches, they're, and stuff like that. yeah, in between matches, especially for pay per views, they'll just be like, oh, here's an interview with the winner and loser from the last match, and oh, here's a skit, and it's just no, I don't, I don't have time for that. And then there's occasional throwaway match, which is meant to be like a bathroom break for the people in the stadium, which is never good for us to watch. Uh, and then I've just been, you know, in the process of moving and unpacking all my stuff into the new place. Uh, hunt up my Ryan Gosling poster today, so I feel a little bit more at home. <laughs> uh, just built a cat tree a couple days ago, and then a makeup table, and just I hate Allen wrenches or whatever they are. My my thumbs are all like messed up from. You gotta get a an Allen wrench drill bit, bud. I probably should. That that would save my life because <laughs> I I but I'm done with furniture. I think that's pretty much it. Now it's just hanging up all my like dumbass posters. I have a gigantic Uncharted 2 poster I need to hang up. I have a Life is Strange poster on my left that's just sitting on my desk. Uh, so a lot of, lot of stuff that I just need to hang up on walls. 
and I have nowhere to put my championship belts from my childhood. Oh I just can't gosh. find a place to put them. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, um, Inuyasha, I just started watching uh, that anime with Sarah. It's from like the early 2000s, late 90s, I think. Well, I got a question. So mm-hmm. what does anime stand for? Uh, Japanese animation. So why is King of the Hill on your top 10 anime? Okay, listen. I I don't like a lot of anime. <laughs> so I like that you questioned that one. There's other ones on there, but that's one I could... I mean, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but there's other ones that I saw on there that I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. I haven't seen a lot of animes, so if I wanted to make a top 10 list, that's the best I can do. And people actually were condoning some of them. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, people, people. Okay, so my top 10 anime list is... Uh, I just pulled up the tweet. Number one, uh, High Score Girl, which I talked about, which I think you'll like because it's about 90s arcade and like Street Fighter, stuff like that. Uh, Oran High School House Club. Nana. One Punch Man. Samurai Champloo. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Lizzie McGuire. The Melancholy of... <laughs> Harai Suzumiya, King of the Hill, Death Note. Okay? Those are the only good animes I've seen. Does he consider Lucy McGuire an animation because there's certain points of like comic book style animation in that? Yes, (laughs) I do. Yes. Until I see 10 animes, (laughs) Lucy McGuire and King of the Hill are in my top 10 anime list because there's animation. in the excerpt that Michael thinks Lucy McGuire is anime. Hey man, when Disney Plus comes on, me and you are going to do a Lucy McGuire. like let's play on twitch oh, okay uh so i've been watching the yasha it's it's really good though i didn't know there was like 167 episodes but netflix only has two seasons so like only like 30 episodes so i have to i guess track down the other episodes for some god-awful reason because netflix is a monster uh saw captain marvel like three or four times just because on the flight to e3 oh, watched yeah. it without headphones because I have USB-C headphones. <laughs> on the flight home from E3, they did the drop-down thing. Because on, on my uh, American Airlines flight, they didn't have in-seat rest. They just did drop-down TVs. My flight to Phoenix had monitors, but my flight from Phoenix to Detroit didn't. Yeah, my my flight to... Uh, Vegas. <laughs> my flight to Los Angeles had in-headrest CVs, but I couldn't plug my headphones in. <laughs> uh, the flight to Vegas had drop-down TVs played Captain Marvel. My flight to uh, Chicago from Vegas drop down TVs played Captain Marvel. And then when I got to work, um, I realized Captain Marvel was out and picked it up after work. And then, <laughs> so yeah, a lot of Captain Marvel still a good movie, still a great yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, and then I've just been kept, kept uh, catching up on giant bombs, E3 uh, coverage. Cause I love giant bombs. Like, post shows they do they do their talk over the press conference stuff which is always entertaining i always like watching the press conferences a second time after e3 is all done and settled and it makes it easier to watch their coverage because there's at least some new stuff because it's just them like making fun out of or reacting to stuff uh and then their nightly content like where they have special guests on is always really fascinating to me and interesting like giant bomb if you don't watch giant bombs e3 coverage it's it's really, really good. As good as PS Nation, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but it's it's really good. I, I love, like, I look forward to their E3 coverage every year. Uh, even though now I have to watch it a week later because I'm actually at E3, which I guess is a good problem to have. 
but yeah, that 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 would be it. Been actually pretty busy, so yeah, not bad. Seems like we all have lots and lots of stuff going on. Um, so let's get into some of our questions. So you guys have had some time off from asking us a bunch of questions, but now that time is over. So we reached out for questions, and we got a few. Um, and the first one comes from uh, Ali Sean uh, using hashtag AskPSNation. What was your best moment at E3, and do you feel you had a or, and do you feel you had a disappointing moment at this year's conference? Um, disappointing moment? No, I don't really think anything was like super disappointing to me. Um, uh, the best moment it wasn't anything like super, super like amazing at E3 this year or anything like that to, that I would call like maybe like a best moment. I don't know. Do you think you had a best moment? So for, for me, uh, non press conference wise, uh, catching up with uh earth knight and manifold garden those developers just because i saw those games at like my first d3 and talking to those guys and seeing that they're close to the finish line uh which i interviewed them in the the e3 interviews podcast Mm -hmm. in case anyone hasn't listened to that uh i really enjoyed catching up with those guys and finding out like that their games are close to release uh one's closer than the other but to find out that there's a chance that i might be able to play the full game after all these years uh, was a good moment and to see their hard work of an indie developer that I've kind of like been keeping track of them because they've been at E3s, PSXs, PAXs, mm-hmm. bit batches. So just checking up with them was nice, uh, especially, uh, you know, just catching up with like people familiar faces at E3. Uh, disappointing. Uh, I was supposed to interview uh, the <laughs> director of judgments and like, <laughs> like three times they weren't able to do it because he went to lunch one time and then the third time I forget what happened the second time and the third time no I think it was just two times no you know it was three so the first time uh, he went to lunch like they scheduled me because they saw a gap in his schedule it turns out that gap was so he can get food because he's just been interviewing people like crazy but no one coded it as lunch second time uh, I think they let him go home early because uh, it was like the Thursday, and then they schedule, uh, they messaged me that there might be another availability, but I was already in an Ubisoft appointment, so that was a little disappointing, uh, but still fun. And E3 is one of those things I think I mentioned on uh, the shows we did. That shit happens at E3. There's no reason to be upset about that, but it's definitely sad and disappointing. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I guess I mean for me, it's there's there's some people that I've made some good friendships with that I really only really get a chance to see them at E3. I see them at a couple of different events and things like that. But like Khalif, he's a really good friend of mine that does the Spawn on Me podcast. I'm gonna have him on the show later this summer. But um, just getting to see those guys or and just to see familiar faces, and it sounds cliche, but like to run to to bump into somebody like at, at Ubisoft or any PR company or even PR people that have changed places and, and they recognize you like based on how many people that they see and they interact with and everything like that and they talk about, you know, certain things. Um during my interview with uh Terry Spear for Division Two, I don't know if you listened to it, Michael, or if I told you this. Like I was kind of to the point where I'm like, I'm kind of done. And he's like, no, 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 no way. You can't be done. Like come on, come more. <laughs> you know, because yeah. he he wanted me to ask because he it sounds like I'm dissing on a journalist when I say this, you know, and stuff like that, but we've all sat next to the person that, you know, is a video game journalist and can't play games. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, and then, you know, you during breakpoint. Yeah. Okay. Funny. Um, <laughs> and then you get, you know, like, and, and they go through so many interviews and especially like the division two, like Terry for division two, like they weren't division two wasn't even there as a kind of a playable thing. So he was just kind of there available there for interviews based on the stuff that they had talked about, like during the press conference and things like that, the rest of year one. And you can always kind of see like the look on their face and you guys don't always get to see this on the interviews and stuff like that. But, um, you ask them a question and sometimes they roll their eyes or you're sitting at a round table and somebody asks them a dumb question. But then when you ask like a, a question about the game and that they know that you are playing the game, you're engaged in the game, you understand the game, they spark up and, you know, like, and they're willing to have more of a conversation with you. I feel like sometimes. And that happened with him. Cause like I, he, we started, I started off some basic questions, seeing how he was going to respond to me. And then he was responding certain ways. I started, you know, kind of formulating my questions differently. And he's like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy plays this game. <laughs> so, and then he was, when I was getting ready to done, he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, and uh, it got edited out, but uh, we it was funny, too, because we got interrupted and we had to move <laughs> like in the middle of my interview. So. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, like a couple people have asked about E3 in general and things like that. It, it was it was a, what I would call like a mediocre year. Um, but I think next year is going to be nuts. Like for people that really think that E3 might be dead in general, like, I don't think that it's dead at all. Um, you have huge next gen stuff coming next year. So. Yeah, I think that the the next gen kind of put a cloud on the C3 just because no one wants to show anything because they can't talk about next gen, which is why every game is coming out <laughs> before April, April of next year. <laughs> so like next year is going to be crazy because we're going to have new consoles to talk about and games on those new consoles. And since the hardware isn't going to be that different this time, we might see like a nice jump in quality of launch titles than we have previously, mm-hmm. which I hope happens because usually launch titles are kind of like, eh, I kind of saw what they were going, but you can tell they're still learning the hardware and architecture. It's like next gen might be really impressive. Right. All right. You want to read the next question? Oh yeah. This one is from Randy. Do you guys think that backwards compatibility PS one, two, three is kind of overhyped? I understand uh, to PS4, but at this point, I'd much rather a good remake of the classics. I have a hard enough time keeping up with my current games. <laughs> yeah, that that's my problem too. I love the idea of backwards compatibility. Occasionally, we'll pop in an old game. Typically, for me, uh, old games I tend to play uh, games I haven't played before, as opposed to old games I've played a ton of times. Uh, and I don't see myself using backwards compatibility too much on the old on PS5 if it is backwards compatible with PS1, PS2, PS3 because uh, it's so rare with my current gen backlog that I would jump into a bunch of old games especially I don't have space for all these old games you know like <laughs> I, I, think I don't the, have a huge un, unanswered question about backward compatibility ultimately is how are they going to decipher you owning it or not owning it like you get into the like ps2 and ps1 obviously has to be disc based but then like is the disc in good shape still is it playable because those discs weren't as good a quality as that we have now you know like in terms of like they eventually got scratched and if you have stuff in storage for a while and moisture buildup and all this other stuff you can talk about and then you start getting into the ps3 conversation about digital 
purchases or PS Plus games that we purchased or that we earned and we still have active Plus subscriptions. And, like, there's too many un- unknown questions. We know that it will be backwards compatible with the PS4. I will I will go out on a limb and say I assume that all my digital PS4 games are going to work on PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would also assume that all my disc-based PS4 games will work on PS5. I don't know how this other backwards compatibility is or isn't going to work. Yeah, that's going to be the, the mystery of... Well, we don't even know if PS1, PS2, and PS3 is actually coming. Right. So if it, but if I don't it, really if, care if it's there. Great. It's it's a it's a cool feature. It's a cool print to put on your box. But it's not a selling point for me. No, no, I don't think it's it will be one of those scenes. For the, oh, that's cute <laughs> kind of reaction. Uh, but yeah, I, I just don't see it being that big a deal for me. Uh, do you want to move on to the next one? Yeah, uh, Eric Chorn, 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 Eric Chorn wrote, where did you guys end up eating eating at during E3? Um, well, we went to Fat Burger twice. <laughs> yep, Fat Burger twice. Partially uh, because the places that say that they have food for us, <laughs> you know, like, hey, come over here after the show. We'll have food and stuff like that. It's like cheese and crackers. <laughs> yeah, we went to one place that was like cheese and crackers and we we're just like, if they had actual food, we could probably stay longer, but we are starving after a long, like 10 hour day. So fat burger luckily was across the street. Yeah. Um, uh, got a really good Korean barbecue place. I can't remember the name of it. TGI something. Yeah. TGI barbecue. I like that one. Uh, the lady, the lady that was helping us wasn't a fan of how we were cooking. But... Oh yeah. No, I think we were just like dead tired. So we weren't bothering to like cut the meat in the smaller pieces. And she just got frustrated and was like, let me just get this and just like chopped yeah. it up. It's like, oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, and then Jersey Mike's just cause it, it was by Ubisoft. Yeah. On the way back from somewhere. And then, um, food truck. I had food yeah, truck you did once. a food truck. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, it was like $14. It was a horribly. The worst part is when you go to someone's like, oh, we got barbecue brisket sandwich. You're like, dope. I want some barbecue. And then you have it and you know, they're just using like some shitty barbecue sauce that they just got off the shelf somewhere. It's not like anything special. And it's like, man, I paid $14 for this. For a garbage barbecued sandwich. It's never worth doing. And we did Jack in the Box because it was literally on our way um, home. Yeah, yeah. Little Caesars. You had a lot of cereal. Yep. (laughs) And we bought some groceries and things like that. So We we actually... uh, Yeah, we, we did the groceries and it actually worked out better than it had last year. Yeah. I think that we didn't prepare like we didn't think that we you know we I knew that we weren't going to be eating like dinner at home at the place we stayed you know so um yeah nothing nothing crazy I mean just kind of whatever we saw I know one time we were walking back from we had that that interesting hot dog place that was actually really good like I had like a like a Thai food hot dog or something so next question from uh Darren Curtis do you think that after the PS5 Sony will make a Sony will not make another console, but will make another VR. This seems like the logical thing to do. Um, I'm a little confused by this question. I saw you send it earlier. I they still need to have a console to run the VR through. Uh, the only thing I can think of is if they go full, like streaming, maybe a wireless headset. 
can connect to something kind of like so the stadium controller style something something uh because i don't see a ps6 like at all did you see the stuff that came out that phil spencer said that the project scarlet is not the last console i did see that but i feel like he has to say stuff like that right. just because so the new consoles will release 2020 uh, and typically it's seven years before we get the next console talk. And with the streaming stuff starting now, I just don't know where we'll be. Like, I guess it's just dependent on if the streaming stuff takes off right? Uh, in seven years. And if it doesn't, then we'll get another console. But I just don't know if they want to push out because everyone's doing services. Right. If what, what the landscape will look like in seven years. But for VR, they will need hardware for that mm-hmm. but maybe vr doesn't take off enough in seven years that sony just drops vr and then just moves streaming platform connect your dual shock to anything like stadia right. yeah i would love to see something like that but i i don't i think that in order for them to have another um another vr unit like that would be like a lot of processing power and i guess like if we're talking 2027 maybe that processing power will be there but i still think that you know like it's 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 just a huge unknown with stadia in terms of how it's going to function and how it's going to work and is it going to is it really going to work um and then like the, you know concerns about you know stable player bases and things like that you know i don't know if this is going to entirely replace console gaming and things like that so there are you know major concerns about about that and infrastructure and like how many services is too many services. Um, you know, like we talked about with like uh, Ubisoft services and then, you know, how many streaming services with Bethesda and Orion stuff. And mm-hmm. those are all like, you know, huge valid concerns. Um, I, I think that there will be another PS six or console or something like that, but we'll have to see what, you know, games looks like in the next, you know, eight years or whatever. Yeah. It's just going to be dependent on, how well the streaming stuff takes off and if data caps are removed. Yeah. And the, the amount of people that truly don't have internet, you know, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. So, all right. You want to take the next one? Yeah. This is from, uh, jabs cult on Twitter. I'm assuming that's how you would say that. I'm not sure. Uh, is there any franchise you'd like to see revived for the next generation? I'd love to see resistance myself. Anything on your wish list? kind of talked about this a little earlier with ape escape yeah um for me it would definitely be like and i know it's it's, it probably is a little bit too early for this but i think it got such a bad rap i would love to see another one like i I, it's time i think it's time for another kill zone yeah yeah next gen kill zone would be pretty nice uh i would i'm i'm on board with resistance I, i would love to see those remastered or just a new resistance uh, or Sly Cooper, you know, like I, I love Sly, would love to see more Sly Cooper. Um, then I don't know, like I, I would love to see Lair get another shot. <laughs> that game was trash, but like I would love to see Lair or Heavenly Sword Ninja Theory, which I guess won't happen now because they're owned by Microsoft. But Ninja Theory had plans for a, a, a sequel for uh, Heavenly Sword that sounded really cool that I guess we will never, ever see. Who owns that IP? Sony owns it, but I think okay. Sony owns it. I'm pretty sure Sony owns it, but still, like, I would want to see Ninja Theory's version 
of that sequel, uh, especially the sequel that Ninja Theory was kind of pitching, sounded really cool. I don't know if Sony would then just do their own vision for the sequel and like not take the plot points that were left behind. Right. Uh, but I would I would love that. All right. Um, Individual Eleven on Twitter says, "Will House Will Housemark be acquired by Sony and make a PS5 launch title?" Um, I don't think they'll, that they'll be acquired by Sony, but at the same time, like everybody's been thinking that Sony needs to buy somebody just to keep up with the Joneses with everything that Microsoft's been buying. I kind of think they um, do. <laughs> um, it's, I guess Housemark could be one of them. I know that. Aren't they working on some like kind of like battle royale type game? Yeah, it's an alpha. It's been an alpha for a while now. I haven't heard anything from it. I know Glenn was playing it, but I think he touched it once after he downloaded it and then never again. Realized it was uh, a battle royale. Yeah, <laughs> but I haven't heard anything about that battle royale. And now the battle royale stuff's kind of, you know, dead kind of outside Fading, of, you know, yeah. Fortnite Apex. Uh, I th- I wouldn't be surprised if Housemark is acquired though because they took the chance with this this battle royale game and it didn't go well or it doesn't seem like it's going well that they would probably need to be acquired to survive because right. uh, their last game didn't do well which is why they were trying something out of their comfort zone to begin with. Mm-hmm. They would be a smart acquisition for Sony because I do think Sony needs to buy a studio or two just because the amount of studios they have is good, but the wait between games is just too long. Right. Uh, so I feel like if they can get like one or two more studios to, to bolster their, their stable, that would be like very helpful. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that they can just reach deals like they've been like what they the deal they reached with Square Enix and things like that for you know whatever this exclusive content is going to be in Avengers. I mean they have the console that's you know has the largest install base and everything like that. So I, I think that they're not you know like do they need to buy one just for public perception? Like probably, but I'm not really sweating it. Yeah, I, I just think maybe they need to do that if they do want to go into the all streaming future. Right. Uh, Cause I think we're going to run into the problem that like Netflix is having where Warner's got a streaming service. Disney's got a streaming service. MPZ has got a streaming service. CBS well, has a streaming service. Something's going to gotta fail. So. Something's got to fail. But until then you're going to need original content for your streaming service right. because the other people aren't going to play. Yeah. Uh, like Ubisoft is going to launch theirs. So are they really going to support, you know, game pass, for too long if their service takes on or are they going to, uh, you know, do PS now Why they're trying to get people to subscribe for $15 to their service. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. So. Yeah. But uh, house mark would be a good acquisition for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, there was rumors that they were going to buy, um, why am I drawing a blank on it now? The Detroit developer. Yeah, uh, Quantic Dream. Yeah, there's also the crazy rumors they were gonna buy, <laughs> fucking Rockstar. Yeah, <laughs> but that was not gonna happen. Straight cash, homie. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are the questions that we got. There's a few more. Like we're we're kind of holding on to a couple of them. Um, just just kind of as like a backup in case we don't get a bunch of them. Uh, we were still some post post E3 stuff. Michael and I were talking about before we started recording. Him and I've got a 
shit ton of writing that we have to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, he was moving and, you know, we were having some, you know, some, some issues with some things and trying to get everything figured out. Um, so anything you guys can do to help us, you know, spread the word on, you know, the, any of the E3 podcasts and things like that would be, you know, greatly appreciated. We spent, you know, I tried a couple different things and we tried a couple different things from streaming it and trying to put it on YouTube and get them out in the mornings and stuff like that. So I definitely would love to, to hear what everybody thinks and we'd appreciate that feedback. You can send us feedback to, to the email address, uh, podcast at psnation.com. Um, directly just you know send us an email you can also just go to psnation.com and click on the contact us button there's multiple ways that you can contact us um you can also go to the forums i've been doing a really really bad job of uh keeping up with the podcast stuff on the forum somebody actually started their own thread for the interview episode and i'm like yeah i should probably do that and i just don't mm-hmm. do it um <laughs> and then uh you can drop us a like on facebook uh, facebook.com slash psnation page and you can follow us on Twitter. So the main account is at PS Nation. Michael's is at the first MJC. And mine is at the Destiny Dave. So I appreciate you guys listening this week. And again, please let us know what you thought about our coverage from E3. Like, you know, do you want to continue to see it that way? You know, whatever. Um, I haven't seen any new reviews, Michael. Did you look recently? No, I just haven't had time to, but I didn't yeah. see any last week. Yeah, so I haven't seen anything like really recent. So uh, go out there and leave us a review, uh, leave us a rating on Facebook, share the podcast, you know, like mention us, uh, you know, anything you're doing. If you say you're listening to the podcast, like we'll retweet it, you know, things like that. But um, I hope everyone has a great week. We should be back next week. We will be. <laughs> should be. We will yeah, be we back next be. week. <laughs> Are you not telling me anything? <laughs> um, I know Michael's got a couple reviews. I should have some things to, to catch up on as well. And we will talk to you guys next week. See you.